Welcome back, everybody, to the Abundant Journey podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We are a show that's dedicated to inspiring you with the stories of successful entrepreneurs, investors, and business owners. I am your host, Nick James, as always, along with my co-host, Nick Offenkamp. What's up, sir? Man, doing really, really well. How about you? Man, I'm doing great. Things continue to be well on the business front. Life continues to be well. We're ramping up with school, so things are excited. How's your family doing? Yes, we're obviously in a very similar boat with uh, three kids that are eager to... uh, Summer's been amazing, but uh, I think we're all kind of ready, have that itch to get back into a (laughs) more normal routine. There's just only so many trips you can take to the pool before it starts to be like, all right, we (laughs) we gotta get some education going again. So we're, uh, we're looking forward to the, the turning of the seasons. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, uh, we're in the same boat and I'm excited. We continue to have some amazing guests on the show. Today is no different. We got a special guest with us coming all the way from Florida. So we are top left corner of America in Washington state. Our guest Conrad, Conrad Proust here is down in the bottom right corner of the United States in Florida. So a little bit about Conrad. He is a successful business owner and an entrepreneur. He had started his own financial advisory firm, and we're going to walk through his story today as he shares his journey into entrepreneurship. But I think the other thing that, again, with so many of our guests that I love is he's absolutely committed and dedicated to giving back to the abundance mindset, not the scarcity mindset. And really just even in early conversations with him, Conrad has shared his dedication to those things. And so uh, this is going to be a great interview. But again, I don't want to give the spoiler alert away. Conrad, tell us, uh, thanks for being on the show. It's good to meet you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My pleasure, Nick. Thanks for you for the warm introduction. And I really appreciate you saying, you know, describing myself as a successful businessman And really the way that I look at that, you know, coming back to the abundance mindset is rent is due every month. So no matter the accolades, no matter the educational background I have, I look at it, look, this is a new morning, fresh start. Like let's try to really maximize, to really harness that abundance around us Mm -hmm. and, and have it due every day. So I'm, I'm excited to fulfill your, description of success. Love that. That's awesome. Conrad, um, just before we kind of get into some of your background and and upbringing, um, maybe you could just let us know what what does a a day or a week in the life for you look like right now? What are some of the things that you're doing um, that you're excited about or or want our listeners to know about your professional career currently? Sure. That's a great, great question. So I do estate planning and financial planning uh, that's pretty much the core of my firm. And the the purpose of my uh, firm just being in business is that I have a long line of um, being a service professional. And in my family, that has been very much a core structure of, okay, how can we help the people around us? Because I was really put on this earth to serve the people in my life that come into my life Mm -hmm. and the beauty of business ownership. And I think Nick, we kind of talked about this a little bit in previous conversations is that I can structure my day how I want it. So today I'm this morning, I'm uh, having the pleasure of speaking with both of you and that is a priority to me. So that's an aspect that I want to, you know, share those experiences and, um, so that's one. And then, however, yesterday I was having client meetings, you know, all day in my office. And, um, but I was able to like structure each day in a way that I can have achieved the goals the, the best way possible. So it's interesting that, you know, it's like, oh, what's the day in day out look like? Because it really is whatever goal I want to achieve. If I, if I have that this month, I want to hit this point of success. I'm going to go for that full steam. Very cool. 
Yeah, I, I love that. And how long um, have you been operating your own firm now? It's going to be, this is the fifth year. Okay. Right on. That's super cool. And I, you know, we've obviously jumped in and we're going to get more into your backstory and kind of your journey of getting to where you are. But I love that you lead with that because again, in the conversations we've had, that abundance mindset, that generosity mindset, a lot of times I think a hurdle that employees have or folks who feel mm-hmm. burdened down in that nine to five, they don't have the time or they don't have the mm-hmm. ability to manage their own calendar. But you know, you've already started getting into your why. And it's interesting because I think there's that stereotype of for employees, oh well the boss just does what he wants. He goes golfing. He takes three hour lunches. And you know, again, in shifting that mindset for people and saying, hey, no, like the freedom and the flexibility to manage my own calendar allows me to make a greater difference, which is so cool that you lead with that. So such a good I, point. Yeah, yeah I love that, that. I'm glad that you're echoing it. it. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's what we talked about, too, is like, you know, if you're thinking about business ownership, it's that's that's where the abundance comes from is that you realize that one of the key resources in life is actually time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, that's good. Well, let's jump into the backstory here a little bit. So tell us early years, where you grew up, uh, what family life was like, if folks were investors or maybe entrepreneurs. Tell us a little bit about that. Great question. Yeah, so as I a little bit alluded to, um, that my in my family we have a very strong culture of service is both my parents are doctors mm. and my father um, is a successful anesthesiologist from Houston, Texas. And that kind of always, that kind of environment was one that I was raised in is how can we help? How can we, in whatever situation, if one family member was down or um, if there was a neighbor that was in need or, you know, we've had our fair share of hurricanes there in Houston too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in all those instances, um, I saw by example, really, my parents making choices of, okay, well, what are the, these service decisions that we can make? And so I was really, I was really blessed. I was really blessed with my upbringing to have very wonderful parents that um, really had great, a great mission. I mean, that's awesome as far as just having the, uh, that culture of, of how can we help instilled in you um, so early on. Um, you know, what were, uh, what were some of the ways that you felt like uh, that filtered down uh, to you in, in, in your early uh, years, especially as you kind of start to, to think about um, entrepreneurship and the, the opportunity that, um, that being a business owner creates to to help others. I mean, what were some of the early examples that you can think of in your life where you started to see uh, that mindset take root? Oh, great, great question. Great question. So I think two, two really instances that really brought it home to me that I wanted to as quickly as possible own a business and be in charge of my schedule, be in charge of my time. Uh, first is seeing my father, I mean, this man has an incredible work ethic. He would Mm -hmm. commute from South Houston to North Houston, which Houston is an absolute gigantic metroplex. (laughs) It would take him an hour and a half one way. Hmm. Because my mother wanted to live on the water and his um, Woodlands Memorial Hospital was one of the top hospitals in Houston and on the north side of Houston. So (laughs) he would make that commute and I'd see like, here's a brilliant man really just extremely intelligent and very, very esteemed in anesthesiology. And he is tied to this nine to five. I mean, it it would be a 12 to 12 because it'd be a 12 Mm. hour shift. Sometimes he would have to stay overnight and I could see the wear and tear of what that would do on him and, and having to put in so much time where, because although he, um, had all these great skills. He was still tied to this uh, profession. And then I saw how when he became partner in his anesthesiology group, 
how that changed because then he became an, an owner of the business mm-hmm. and then the perks that came with that. And then I realized, wow. And then that changed. And we were starting to do things like go on mission trips uh, with doctors without borders to South America. Awesome. And in, in those missions I see, oh, okay, well here's now my father and my, you know, both my father and mother, they had time to, step back to give back to these communities, which were you know, really rural and um, pers- give procedures that literally saved lives there. And I was like, that's what I want. That's what, you mm-hmm. know, I want that business ownership because I could see, I can give back in ways that I would never imagine if I was stuck in that nine to five. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing example that's just lived out in front of you. And to be able to see that <clears throat> shift within your your own dad's life and the the ownership. I mean, not many people, I think, get that uh, opportunity to see somebody who's going from not just a nine to five, but a twelve to to twelve, um, and then uh, and then experience the the freedom that comes with uh, with you know being a partner, being an owner of of something. Um, certainly, as a, a kid growing up, I'm sure that you loved uh, being able to have uh, more of that time with your dad and those shared experiences on the mission field um, together. And so, uh, maybe it was we kind of move forward in in your story a bit. Um, so those seeds were planted in you of wanting to have business ownership and wanting mm-hmm. to have more control over your time. Uh, what was sort of the next step in those seeds growing up? Um, did you think, uh, oh, I, maybe I follow in my dad's footsteps and become a, a doctor and own my own practice? Or uh, mm-hmm. was it pretty early on that, that you knew that you wanted to get into entrepreneurship, but we're going to go in a, a little different direction? Yeah, that's a great question, Nick. I really early on realized whenever um, I would get my, my parents would take me on tours of hospitals and you'd have like this open house and you'd see, you know, behind like when in student hospitals, you'd have these big windows and you'd see the operating room. Well, when I would go uh, hunting with my father and we'd, you know, we'd, uh, kill an animal and I, I never had an issue with like blood there, but when it came to like blood with a person, I never had a strong stomach for it. So I was like, okay, I can't do this <laughs> enjoyably like, because I just, I didn't have the stomach for it like he did. And thankfully he was very supportive about me going to the law and finance route because he got a lot of flack from his father for going into medicine mm-hmm. because my grandfather was an engineer. So in, and then a lot of the men in my family are engineers. So when it came to him choosing a profession, my, my grandfather was like, why are you, why are you doing medicine? Like you, you, we know engineering, go engineering, do the followed path and you're going to be successful. And my father said, no, this is like a passion of mine. I like, I want to be that person that's, you know, extremely talented with ways to help people and, and specifically in anesthesia. So you can be able to like choose the specific drugs for these instances to you know relieve pain or put, you know, somebody under or what, and it's, a very complicated uh, field, but he knew he was like, okay, that's my passion. That's what Mm -hmm. I want to do. And he wasn't, you know, in that like scarcity mindset of, okay, I have to do what my family does Mm -hmm. because like, that's what we know. And you know, it's, it's too dangerous out there. So I'm so grateful for him to have showed me, okay, Hey, we can, you can take a step in a, a journey that's not traveled and that we don't know about, and you can be very successful. And I mean, that's, that's one piece of, uh, you know, whenever he knew in very early on, he introduced me to his uh, uh, financial advisor and uh, introduced me to the stock market very early on. And those kind of passions that he generated uh, inside me of uh, having that like surplus around you, that's kind of how my journey began because I was able to look at him, oh, even though he was successful in his field, I could be successful in my own right and not have to follow this very, very uh, high level uh, practice of anesthesia. That That's encouraging to hear too, because so often I think that folks have their idea of what their kids should do. And, you know, the fact that he broke away from the tradition 
and found his own trail and was successful and it blazed his own trail, I guess I should say. But then also to turn around and have that support for you and not to have the expectation that you're going to do what he did. So I, you know, I, I just don't think we underscore that enough and, and value that because we have oftentimes what we want to see our kids do. So that's super cool. He was uh, supportive of that. Now, when you realized the doctor and the medical profession wasn't right for you, you mentioned that the financial side was something that you were interested in. Was mm-hmm. Aside from conversations and learning from him, I mean, was there anything that sparked that interest or, or what kind of set you down that path? Uh, one of my earliest memories is of a cigar box that my father gave me. I mean, which is like, I, I, I want to say maybe I was seven. And it was just putting anytime I would have any extra change, an extra dollar, I'd put put it away in the cigar box, which was covered with uh, Hawaiian girls and like um, little, you know, Hawaiian dresses, smiling really bright. Yep. So I was like, oh, right. Okay. So I'm putting this away. Everybody's happy about it. And it kind of very early on gave me this like sense of, okay, like think of the future, like plan for the future, plan, like plan, you know, prudent planning today gives you successes in the future. And that's like one of my core memories. Mm -hmm. I think that was like, okay, let me, let me see how deep this rabbit hole goes. And I can safely say 14 years later, I'm very happy to um, uh, have pursued this career this much. No, that's awesome. Well, and and it's it's great that there was there's the inspiration behind that and some of those early memories. Did you recognize like, hey, I need to find a mentor in this space or I need to go to college and that's kind of the path? I mean, what kind of what led you from there's an idea, I want to be entrepreneurial, I want to pursue the the financial side of things to landing, you know, where you're at with your own firm at this point? Oh, great question. Yeah, I'm really blessed with uh, my parents always surrounding me with extremely brilliant people. I, From me being tutored by a Rice professor uh, on an early age to having meeting with my father's financial advisor, meeting with mm-hmm. other business owners, uh, getting a job literally in high school at a mortgage company. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, ever you know, I worked every year in school. So, and I always wanted to find a job that matched what my end goal was. So, in some way related to finance or law, and I think that's what you know. And I love that you bring that up of mentorship, Nick. I I would not be here today at all in in any close capacity if it wasn't for my mentors. I'm so so grateful to the you know wonderful mentors that I have currently in my life and in the past and they truly make a difference when it comes to shaping what you can see is really limitless to your abilities and where you can end up by having the right goals and right mindset what are some of those lessons that uh, that you feel like mentors shared with you um, in the kind of late teenage entering into college years. I mean, that's a pretty shaping time. So what were some of those things you feel like you still carry with you that you learned? So, um, my mentor, his name is Mark Tish. And so he, one of the key things he taught me was philosophy and propositional logic. Hmm. And why is that? great to where I am today is because very often we get extremely emotional about things that occur in our life. And if you can break that down to, okay, let's, let's look at, let's be philosophers. Let's be a little bit stoic. Let's be, uh, let's analyze this argument as if it's a math problem instead of an emotional one. And very often that helped me to, in trying times to know, okay, look, if A, then B, then C, then D. And he, you know, he taught me a passion for classics, which I ended up st- studying in college. And many of those lessons I, I applied to today. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, uh, similar to, it sounds like my undergraduate, uh, most of my undergraduate work, uh, had a focus on, um, 
going through the great books of uh, human civilization, very uh, philosophically uh, minded, a lot of work in propositional logic. And yes, it's so, so true uh, when you're able to kind of take a, a step back um, and look at life through this much wider lens and, and try and make sense of things outside of just the emotional, visceral sort of reactions. And uh, <laughs> I can see how those uh, skills could serve you very well as a financial advisor and <laughs> in law. Uh, that's, that's something that I want in my uh, financial advisor. So um, that's, talk to us about your, your experience in college. I mean, what, where did you go? Uh, what does your educational background look like? Um, and for, uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, entrepreneurs that, that listen uh, to this or that we talk with. And one of the constant questions is, is, um, you know, do I invest in going to uh, college or do I save the oh. hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. of dollars and, and dive right in? And obviously mm -hmm. with you, you're pretty specialized and especially if you're getting into law, I imagine that college is, mm -hmm. is pretty important for that. But give us your, yes. your thoughts on both your experience and um, your recommendations to people that have those kind of questions. Phenomenal question. Yeah, I have very often clients that come to me, oh, my son's about to, my daughter's about to go to college, what should we do? I mean, one of the key aspects, and you mentioned that, is the amount of money, the amount of resources that you need to go to college is astronomical. Mm -hmm. So you really have to approach this very, very seriously. So if you do wanna go to college, then find a professional that will help you identify um, scholarships, in the realm, help you identify the schools that are going to be pertinent to your subject. Like if you're thinking of a particular kind of business that you want to open, or if you're thinking about a particular field that you want to pursue, then find that school that excels in that and one that you can afford. And that one, especially that you can um, graduate without having any debt. And that's, that's really, I think, having a concern for that one. And then two, I think with the current trends of how expensive college is, it's not, if, if, if it's not taken seriously, I, can, I think it really can see it putting somebody, a young person, very far back in their financial life mm -hmm. and in their success because of graduating with so much debt. And so I think that's a very key concern. So if you do decide to go down that path like I did, I think that was one of the key successful items was because I found a professional that would help me make sure that I would apply for all the right scholarships, all the right ac academic scholarships for that, my FAFSA in the correct way. Mm -hmm. And... Did you want me to go into what I studied or is, was that yeah, part of it? I, I'd love to hear just where you went, what you studied, and just what your, your educational background looks sure. like. So I went to University of Texas at Austin, which phenomenal university. I really, really loved it there. And I think the key things that I took away from undergrad, because I studied classics, which was Latin, Greek, ancient, history, philosophy. And what I loved about that is it really cultured me as a person. So it wasn't very applicable for my career directly in the sense of it taught me skills that I can market and make a living from unless I became a professor or uh, a, a teacher in some kind of capacity. However, it gave me a extreme drive and a passion for the human language, a passion for the humanities of thought and what it means to have a fulfilling life. Mm -hmm. And I think very often current day, I have clients that come to me and it's like, okay, what do I do now in retirement? Like I have this nest egg. How do I accomplish my goals? Well, a lot of those come with what do, does that person want to do? So, I, you know, long story short, I, you know, coming back to the education part, so studied classics and then after that, um, graduated, went to law school, graduated from law school, and then I got my master's in personal financial planning. And I think that really set me for a very niche 
education, which allowed me to build the scratch firm and help my clients today in a very thorough way, which I so appreciate. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's clear through your journey here that education has been a foundational point, whether it was, you know, watching dad and the way that he worked and, you know, at mentors, schooling, um, you know, these are formative things that help shape you. I'm curious, maybe on the practical side, we definitely, you know, obviously this, this podcast, we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners. And mm-hmm. one of the questions we like to ask them is, what are some of the habits and skills you've had to learn to be successful? But we haven't talked to too many folks in an advisor or mentor or consulting mm-hmm. role. And so maybe uniquely to your role, what are some habits or skills that you've had to learn that has allowed you to be an advisor? Oh, that's a, yeah, that's another great question. Um, one of the books I, I'm, I we, we talked about uh, uh, in previous conversations that I wanted to talk to today about is Atomic Habits mm. uh, and by James Clear. Phenomenal book. Great book. You have, yeah, <laughs> great book. And I think that's one of the key aspects is like, okay, what, when you ask me, Nick, what are some habits that I have? And really, <clears throat> it goes, goes back to what, clear says and it's a system it's a system of habits because i have so many little habits that add together to generate the all the abundance around me all the success around me for instance one being able to build trust early on that's a skill of mine it's a habit that i'm like okay be honest ethical with people that you approach in whatever capacity even if it comes to like okay i'm coming into the gym and being considerate of another gym member of something. Oh, well, well, look at that. It happens that that gym member is an employee of another client of mine, and then that client is looking for a private CFO. We connect, and that was all happened because I was able to be very polite in the beginning and you know build that trust in the beginning. So, I mean, there's I have literally pages of habits that I have, and I think the the, the best thing that I can see is when it comes to habits and successful habits is that you think of it as not just a single piece, not just as your alternator or your radiator. You think of it as your entire engine, your entire car as a, mm. all, all your little habits add together and see how they can fit to set you to the point where you want to be. That's super good. And I, and I think too, you know, it's interesting. I've not, heard somebody talk about trust in the way of a habit, but more as like a, a personality or a trait. But I, I love that it can be both. But, you know, mm-hmm. in thinking of your role specifically, it's like, hey, I have to be able to build trust with folks. And it's something that's earned. Like you work. Yes. It, it's a habit. It's something you work towards. And it's due every month. It's Absolutely. Trust is due. You, you uh, make the right choices every day you wake up. and uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So I, I think that's 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 awesome. And as, again, as an advisor, thinking about that being one of the foundational pieces for you. But what are maybe some other habits or skills that you've had to learn along your journey that has ultimately given you the right to, to be an advisor to folks? Oh, I see. Yes. So I think one of the key aspects, and this was actually back in college and, that, and I continued through graduate school and even after I graduated is... Um, being member, being a member of correct clubs and organizations for one Toastmasters mm. has been really great for me. Learning how to public speak, I love to public speak. I give presentations every year. And here's another skill and another habit that I have that I learned early on as a skill that turned into a habit of okay, if I'm even if I'm giving a presentation or a talk to two, three people in a conference room. I still have those same habits of trying to reduce my ums, trying to be clear in how I speak, being happy, being being lighthearted, all those things I think about and I try to apply to my everyday to, you know, be a successful financial planner. Mm. For sure. Yeah, Toastmasters is uh 
is a great club or organization. I've not been part of it myself, but I've had friends that have done it and have benefited from it greatly. So I'm glad that you mentioned uh, that. Very good organization. Yeah, yeah. Um, jumping back to your story a bit. So uh, you a lot of uh, college education, a lot of years there sounds like really good formative years. Coming out of uh, college and, and formal education, I mean, were you right into starting up your, your own firm or what did the, the professional journey look like as you kicked off your career? Right after college, I, so like I said, I, I really worked every year in college and grad school, even like my first year of law school, which is a really big no, no, they, they say, Oh, Hey, only focus on your schoolwork. Well, I'm super glad I didn't listen to that advice because some of the best education that I had was in the jobs that I had. Did they, um, did they pay phenomenally? Not always, but the real value that I had from it was the education, the, the yeah. things that my different, um, the people I worked for that taught me and taught me how to be a good boss, taught me how to be a good leader. And so after I graduated, I, this, uh, this is what actually brought me down here to Florida. I had a couple different job offers out of school and one was in Reno, Nevada. Another one was in my hometown, Houston. And the third was here in Naples, Florida. So I kind of weighed in all of them and I, um, the offer that here in Naples, um, the, my, my, the firm flew me out and they showed me the place and I came here and I was like, Whoa, this is winter time. Like I'm coming from North Texas where it's, you know, there's still snow on the ground and I come here and everybody's in shorts and, um, I'm like, wait a minute, I could live here full year round and have a successful job and, and do this. And I was like, okay, no brainer. I don't even want to go to Reno. I flew out here and it was the best decision that I have made, uh, to move out here because it's, it's paradise yeah. and I really, really enjoy it. And I, and so I spent a year there, you know, with the goal, uh, originally with that firm was for me to, in five years, purchase the firm and to, you know, buy out the, the two other partners. And, um, I realized I'm like, wow, uh, I just might entrepreneurial spirit is too strong. Like I, I don't know if I could wait five years and this was such a risky choice mm. and I'm super, super glad I did it. And I decided I'm going to instead go off on my own and focus on the client base that I built. And I really, you know, I'm very grateful that had, I had retained all the clients that I had built um, over the year that I was with the uh, first firm that I moved out here with. And I really, you know, focused on trying to grow as much as possible. And even though I had a couple of job offers in different states to, you know, to join other firms, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to really try this. I'm going to really try going off on my own. And then later this was, so this was right at end of 2019, 2020 and COVID hits <laughs> and really the whole world shuts down and yep. I had to just completely rethink how am I going to, you know, build my clients? How am I going to give presentations? So we did a lot of webinars and mm -hmm. um, I'm so grateful to, you know, my clients because they really supported me through and helped me grow a lot in COVID whenever there were a lot of other, um, when a lot of businesses suffered and here I was able to um, mm -hmm. still meet with people, still have successes. And I think that's kind of the journey of from, school to where I am today. No, that's good. And that, you know, I, it's interesting that you talk about going from the entrepreneurial side was there. The hunger was there. You realized you had to make a change. You mentioned that it was pretty risky to do that. So maybe two parted question one, what sure. made it risky for you? And then two, what was it that kind of pushed you over the edge? What were you feeling around that time frame? And I think the reason I ask is because mm -hmm. a lot of our listeners, you know, we hear time and time again from our guests that you have to, you got to go for it. You got to put all the chips on the table. Do you got to take the step. And so 
do but it yet today. We know there's most a majority of the population they don't do it. Like they stay right. on the sidelines or they don't yes. make that step. So what? Why was it a big deal? Why was it scary? And maybe what got you over the edge? Wow, I never really thought of that. <laughs> I mean, I I couldn't fail. Like you know, I had um, I had a home. I had my and. I had my expenses and, um, and I knew this was my passion and I knew like all my different skills and education to that point. It's they, they all brought me here to, um, to really be successful and to have a flourishing business. And I think really my early childhood definitely helped with that. Definitely helped with, okay, you know, you, you, you like being independent, like welcome independence. And that's one. And the risk, I mean, really, I think if you frame it correctly, it's not much, that much riskier than having a job, hmm. than a nine to five job, because a nine to five job, you know, here in Florida, it's, you know, an at will employer. And there's many States like that, that you, you can be let go at any time. So it's the same kind of thing. If you open up your own business, well, you can, the the beauty is you're going to take that off the table. There's never a a person that's going to be able to say, Oh, you can no longer do business. I'm going to be like, okay, watch me, try to stop me. It's not, it's not going to work. Like it's so I think that's that, you know, although there's other risk is like, okay, you have to maintain your own schedule. You have to be driven. There's not going to be anybody above you. You're going to have to be a problem solver and think outside the box. And I see so many, so many young people doing that nowadays um, with, uh, you know, streaming services, with podcasts, with, uh, you know, with everything that's available online. And I'm really enjoying it because I love business ownership because I think it really supports one of the key aspects that uh, gets chipped away at our society is our like community bonds Hmm. and supporting the people that are closest to you. And that's what successful businesses do that. They Hmm. bring money back into the community because the business owner is going to like spend it around him. He's going to go to other Hmm. businesses, get their services. And it's just a chain reaction of really good growth. So Hmm. I think that, I think that answers your question, Nick. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it uh, it's certainly does, and I mean, I you didn't say it exactly this way, but um, looking at the whole of your life up to the point of making the decision to go out on your own, you kind of had this recognition that this is what life has prepared me for. Everything right. that you've been doing through your upbringing, through college, through the uh, work experiences that you had, and so it, it almost feels like what you're saying is is that like to reach the the potential or to to bring to fruition everything that you've put so much time, energy and effort into for the past, you know, few decades, like you had to take the the step. Um, and I think that's a that's a really amazing thing. And you talk a lot about um, passion too, and I, I wonder how much mm-hmm. of that for our our listeners. I mean, it's amazing to think back to your childhood and your dad really supporting you in pursuing your Mm -hmm. passion and not, you know, enforcing his own passion upon you. Right. I wonder for how many entrepreneurs that have a vision, but they're just not, they haven't either found their, their passion or they're, they're not committed to it because they're just too afraid of uh, being judged by their, their passion or it not fitting. Oh, you will be judged. Yeah. Oh, the more successful you will, the more judged you're going to be. And the more people are going to, you know, not be happy with certain decisions you make. And that's okay. Yeah. And I think that's where like a wise mentor will come in and say like, and, and I love this, the, 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 the more experienced, the older, the wiser, the mentor I have, the more often the times they will say like, who cares, <laughs> who cares what that other person thinks, who cares, um, you know, what the dangers are, do it go out and make, make, create that business. Just do it. Just do it today. Go home, grab a piece of paper and write out five steps that you can get 1% closer to owning that business. And you're on your way. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's good. I, uh, I love that. And I, you know, the, 
the slow steps, the slow process, the uh, the journey along it, and and maybe a question that comes up as you're talking here, what is something you would you would do differently if you were starting over again? I mean, you've been successful. Mm-hmm. I think we're talking about how all of these events have led you to the success that you've reached now, but we learn in the failures. We learn in maybe things we we have time to reflect back and think through the things. Uh, along our journey. So would there be anything you'd do differently? That's a tricky question. I think on one hand, I love my journey and I don't like, I am really happy for the mistakes I made because I made a lot. I made a lot of mistakes and I made a lot of errors. And I like, on the one hand, I want to say like, oh, well, I wish I never made that mistake. Well, each of those mistakes taught me a great lesson, a great lesson of what not to do and propelled me into a direction of of what to do so if i'd go back and say okay well i wish i never made a mistake it, i don't it would be a very boring journey it would yeah. be you know mm-hmm. sitting on pillows and just <laughs> nothing exciting happened yeah, i yeah. think some of the most excitement that happened to me were um the mistakes i made so I think changing things differently, it's, it's really tough for me. And, and I don't like, I hate to say this. I don't want to like say like, I don't like that question just because it's like, I think you can't go back in the past. You can't yeah. change what you did. I think the, the point is not even worry about, okay, am I doing this perfectly? Like, mm-hmm. like I remember listening to this podcast and, and this entrepreneur said, oh, these are the things I regretted not doing earlier. I think the things, if anything, here we go. This is the answer. If any, if I regret anything, it's just not starting sooner. Uh-huh. Isn't it? It's just like today. Today's the day. Today's the day. Do it. Don't wait another day to you know complete that goal that you have, and and get. And I think that's one of the you know going back to James Clear that he writes, and I and I love that. And it's just increasing it by one percent. That's mm-hmm. all you need. One percent increase a day. And you're, and all that is compounding. So, and think about how little one percent is. And I think that's, um, you know, and I th- and I think the other thing too is another book that I really love is "Attitude Is Everything" by Keith uh, Harrell. And that's like, you know, a little bit how we started this podcast. You know, rent is due every every month. Well, same thing with your attitude today determines your success tomorrow. So if you have that attitude of, okay, hey, I'm going to be abundant. You know, there's abundance around me. There's, there's goodness around me. I'm, I'm in a great place surrounded by friends, family. And that's your attitude. So bringing that in every day and, and not worrying about the mistakes that you happened in the past, but having, okay, hey, I'm going to start today and, and have that great attitude. Mm. I got to check that it's- book out. That's one that I, I haven't uh, read, but um, I definitely... You know, read a lot about uh, mindset and just mm-hmm. uh, cultivating gratitude. Um, and I can see that where the, the way that you approach the day, the way that you approach any task or relationship is going to shape the outcomes in more ways than we can probably even fully appreciate. Um, mm-hmm. And I, to Nick's uh, question earlier too, I think you make a great point that mistakes are wonderful teachers. When I think back yeah. on my life and, uh, and what I would do differently, it's like, well, sure, in hindsight, I wish I wouldn't have gone through that hard thing. I wish I wouldn't have made that misstep in the moment because it sucked. But uh, I'm also uh, much uh, stronger, hopefully wiser, uh, better uh, for it. Um, but the, the key takeaway there for our listeners of, hey, whatever it is that you're, you're dreaming of, uh, start sooner, start now, start, oh, yes. uh, as you said, do it today. I love that. Right. Yeah. Harold writes about that. He says, you have to know what you want before you can go after it. Mm. And that's such a good point. Like you, you have that vision, you know, some people do a vision board. Some people do a, um, maybe a dream journal. Uh, I love dream. I love my dream journal. I do that. I have I have a gratitude journal as well. To go hmm. back to your point, it's great. And but it's knowing what you want. If you, I knew I wanted my firm, yeah. And it's like I'm going to go after. It. I I know that I want, um, you know the the my goalposts. 
And that's what you know, that's helps you reach that. And then going back to that, it's, it really is your mindset. And, um, that makes the key defining factor of whether you can accomplish that goal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, and, and so much, like you said, there, there, there's been the goal, there's been the things that you've wanted to go for, but I want to shift a little bit to the why, because I think sure. for you, that is such an important piece you know, clearly passionate about your serving others and your clients. You've talked about the unique relationship with that you have with them. But I think you're right. The goals, the habits, the lessons learned along the journey, what ultimately keeps us moving forward is our why. And what ultimately mm-hmm. keeps us going is the, the reason behind it uh, through the good and the bad days. So tell us a little bit about what Maybe maybe to ask it a different way is what fuels you to keep going and to keep growing even though you've reached the levels of success that you have? Great question. I really at the core of my mission is being helpful and bringing success to those around me because I'm I thoroughly believe in a rising tide rises all boats. Mm-hmm. And like I said, with your local communities being very involved in that, and there are several um, clubs and organizations and volunteer groups that I'm involved with that I very much believe it. And, and being able to give back to those, I think that's the thing that I truly appreciate. And I think that's what makes, keeps me going is knowing that if I, do if I'm successful in my career, I can give back more to those around me and help those mm-hmm. more around me. And then that always fuels me with motivation. There's never a day where I'm like, Oh, well, I don't really want to go to the animal shelter. I, I love, I, I love animals. And you know, I, same thing with uh, veterans and the same thing with seniors. Like those are groups of people that I've always cherished and supporting them and helping them as, a clear mission for me. And I, it always fills me with motivation. Yeah. That's something that we've seen time and time again, uh, that the folks that we have on in this show and that the, the most successful entrepreneurs that we're talking with, they're generally marked by this spirit of radical generosity that the wealth that they're creating, they don't mm-hmm. see it as just something that's for themselves and to keep padding their own bank account, but is, uh, the, they are creating wealth so that they can be uh, generous with it and ultimately create a wealthier community or seek the, the common good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, do you want to speak to a little bit more? The, you've mentioned the animal shelter. You've mentioned uh, having a heart mm-hmm. for um, veterans. And, and uh, What does that look like for you currently as far as the different uh, programs or community um, outreach groups that you're, you're part of? Uh, yes. So one of them veterans, I'm always, always very passionate about, you know, it's, I'm, I'm always thankful to, you know, our wonderful nation that we have being protected, being safe because of the monumental sacrifices that veterans do. And, uh, with the amount of difficulties that they have to go through and, um, what they sacrifice for that. So I joined the sons of the American Legion and they elected me as their financial officer. So we, we recently here in Naples had a pretty bad hurricane where it damaged the post. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited. You know, we're putting in um, well over half a million dollars to rebuild the post. And wow. uh, I'm, I'm happy to be part of that yeah. and bring my skill sets, which is in finance. And yeah. um, so that and then second uh, with the animal shelter, we, you know, Grant writing is to raise more funds for the animal shelter. That's another part that I'm, I'm happily able to do and alongside with, you know, cleaning the, the cages and, and <laughs> feeding uh, medication to the different dogs and, and animals. And I, I just, I, I love that. Those are, you know, I'm very passionate about that. And then the third is I, um, I'm also part of the Lions Club here in, in Naples, which is um, they help impoverished children with the gift of eyesight and they provide mm-hmm. free eye screening 
And what I really do also love about these communities, these volunteering uh, opportunities is that I meet very many like-minded people that are there to like, okay, I, I want to help. I want to, you know, better the people, better the animals, better the, 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 the community around me. And that has been, um, a great passion project for me. That's very cool. I, uh, I love that you're engaged in your community that way. And, um, does it, uh, in terms of you talked about entrepreneurship and the the benefit by being a business owner of having Mm -hmm. more control over your time and being able to align your time with your daily goals. Um, how does it feel like when it comes to your calendar as a business owner? I mean, do you feel mm-hmm. like you're uh, between your business and um, these uh, community uh, things that you're part of? I mean, do you feel like you're scheduled 70, 80 hours a week or what, uh, what does your calendar look uh, like? I, how much margin do you try and keep? I, I have every day I'm, I'm doing so much and yeah. it's amazing because it's it's the same 80, 70, 80 hours that I was putting in to the firm when I moved out here. However, I'm doing it in my way and it mm. doesn't feel like that. Okay. It doesn't feel like I'm you know spending too much time with any one of these organizations and my you know or or the different sports that I play after after hours like it just feels all very natural because mm. these are the things I want to do and I structured mm. it that way. Yeah. And I, I do. I, I mean, uh, I don't have very much downtime because the downtime that I have is invested in the people or the missions or the goals that I have. And I love it that way. Yeah. No, it reminds me, it's a little different uh, metaphor, but I had a friend that I was talking with about um, work and uh, his encouragement to me was to find work that feels like you're going downhill. It's, it's mm-hmm. a big difference between you know carrying a wheelbarrow and pushing it up the hill versus going down the hill. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you, you may travel the same amount of distance, but if you can find work um, and schedule uh, your, your days such that it feels like you're spending it going downhill. Uh, it's amazing how you can you can put in the same amount of hours without the same risks of burning out. Yeah, I and I think that comes to which I'm also extremely grateful for too is my clients help me do that. They are always so grateful. They uh, are cheerful, and I think that's one of the successes of uh, business ownership is being able to decide who you want to work with. Yeah, and. I I'm yet to, um, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that because I'm never put in a situation where, you know, cause any person that I meet, I have three things that I have to look at. Do we mutually trust each other? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like one of those habits that I talked about. Okay. Building trust. Like, do we trust each other? That's one, two, is this person, uh, does, do they have a goal that they want to accomplish? And then three is, do I believe I can help them? Mm-hmm. So if I meet all those three things with the person that I'm building, then yes, the, it, it, the client meetings feel like we're just on a roller, you know, on, on, on skiing downhill. Very, yeah. very, you know, pleasant, very easy. And th- that's what I look for. And then because I have that filtering system with the people that I work with, I am very happy my day in, day out because I'm never in a situation where I'm like, oh, I have to go to this meeting and be in this room with this person that I don't want to be with. That never happens. Wow. That, yeah. yeah, that does sound like a dream come true. That's amazing <laughs> that you've been able it's, to, it's, to structure. It, it is, yeah. it yeah. is. And I love that. Do you, uh, do you have any yes. just uh, relative, you know, fairly quick kind of stories of sure. just uh, interactions with clients or things that you've either found to be uh, really rewarding. You can take that any direction that you want, but I am just curious, like what, what that looks like as you're interacting with your clients. Yeah, and what kind of story would you like? Well, I mean, it could, it could really be either uh, something that's just a good example of um, what it looks like as you're helping a, a client, a, a client success sure. story, or something sure. that uh, has been hard in a client interaction, but that has you know, been a valuable lesson for you in business. So either direction. I, great. I have one that you know, I, I put down here in my notes to talk about. 
And it's a client of mine that was really my first year down here. And we met, we were doing some planning. She was looking at her retirement income. And I found a great vehicle for her to have uh, retirement income for you know the rest of her life. And my partner came up to me and he said, Conrad, why, why are you choosing this one? Like, why are you choosing the one that's inflation adjusted? Because you're going you're gonna to make less money on it. Like, it's, it's not the top commission product. And I'm like, look, this, this, my client here is the age of my grandmother. I would, if my grandmother was sitting here, I would want to make that same decision. And I'm so happy that we did make that decision of choosing the inflation adjusted uh, income product. Because as you can see in the last year and a half, we've had runaway inflation. Right. So, and I made that decision five years ago and here this client came in and, and I think I'm honestly, it was, it was something of a joke. I think it was less than like, it was a thousand dollars difference. And I was like, this, this is not going to make or break me by any means. Like yeah. why would I ever make this less than wise decision where it's going to be significantly better for my client. And in that time, I, in, in the past four years, this client has come back to me time and time again to do more business, to invest more money, to bring in, um, referrals to introducing me to her country club where I've given presentations, which have like 10, 20 X the, <laughs> that small, like small minded pressure that I had from a, from my former partner. And I was just like, why? Like, uh, you know, and I think uh, Nick, this kind of goes back to your other question of like, wh why did you decide to go off on your own? And I was like, that was one of them. It was like, I never want to have to make a decision that doesn't match my ethics mm -hmm. with because of pressure from somebody that I'm working with. Just period. I don't. And I'm and I'm able to make those kind of choices because I'm like, okay, I I don't have to be pressured by anybody else to um, push a certain product to to sell something. To it, none of those things happen in my day in day out. I love that story, and that's something that, again, we just constantly hear as a theme on this show, that do the right thing, and it yeah. always comes back around to you one way or another. Uh, mm -hmm. And to not have that short-term, I, I, and again, that gets to mindset, like a scarcity mm -hmm. mindset says you got to milk every deal that's in front of you, get that extra $1,000 because you don't know what next week is going to bring. But for mm -hmm. you to be able to have the abundance mindset of I'm going to do what's right for my client and just trust that this is a world that is an abundant place. And then for you to be able to, to reap that um, in mm -hmm. the opportunities of future business that came about through this one client is that's a really awesome sort of case study for our listeners to just say hey mm -hmm. uh, don't don't trade in uh, the short-term gain mm -hmm. and, and miss out on uh, the abundance that could be waiting for you just by doing the, mm -hmm. the right thing now and the the best thing of that is that she invited and this was a year ago she invited me to her birthday party and her birthday cake was the tastiest birthday cake I've ever tried because <laughs> I knew I knew the story to be here and I'm just like yeah. eating this cake and I'm like, wow, like if I, if I didn't make those decisions early on, like where I'd be today and, um, it definitely, I agree with you. It, it, it really does. Yeah. If, the, if that's not a reason enough to, uh, to do it, I don't know what else would be. <laughs> I love birthday cake. So yes, yeah. I, I did it for that. Yeah. That's awesome. No, that's great. Well, we're going to we're going to transition Conrad here to the gold nugget round which we always ask our guests the same four questions. This has been awesome and I'm just going to fire them at you here and would love sure. to, would love some feedback. You've are honestly you've already answered most of these I think at this point, but we like to hone in on them. So, we talk about the 5 Fs of abundant journey and we always ask our guests, "Hey, pick one of these that you're working to improve on this year." So, the the mm -hmm. categories family finance, faith, fitness, and future. Can I pick all five? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. You I literally all of them. I love all it. of them. That's yeah, a phenomenal pick, Atomic I, Habits uh, response yes. to that question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. It's all five. All, those That's are right. all five extremely important ones and um, every one of them. And balancing my schedule among all of them. You know, I'm, I'm huge on my family. I Everybody's birthdays, anniversaries, all that I, I love to cherish them. I mean, I was able to surprise my mother on her 
birthday in July and she was in tears. She was like, this mm. is my best birthday ever. And awesome. so, and, and, and having that faith of, Hey, the, there's a, the world is of abundance about around us. There's synergies everywhere. We can integrate it and we can, um, you know, even if there's, uh, transparency and, and, and being able to integrate it all to see a, the, the abundance around us and, mm. You, and give me a reminder. So it's family, faith, well, fitness. fitness. Absolutely. I, I yep. do like 20, 25 hours of sports every week. Nice. And then, what, what's, uh, what kind of sports are you most uh, involved in? I mean, Southwest Florida, we got so much golf around here. Oh, yeah. We have, um, I, I'm an avid soccer player. I cool. play pickleball. I do beach volleyball. I mean, there's not a sport that I won't pick up. I just I love athleticism because it goes back to that. It goes back to your future. I mean, you're investing in your yeah. uh, body of, yeah. hey, you're going to be physically active to be able to perform. Yeah. And I know I'm, I'm missing an F. What's the, what's the well, well, it was finance? Funny. And you know what? That's right. Because it comes last to me because I'm not interested in that paycheck. I, I routinely, I'm like, okay, it's going to work out. Like it's, yeah. we're going to get, uh, uh, you know, doing all those, all these things in combination and, you know, like, uh, like clear rights is like having that system. And so yeah. I'm putting all those systems together and then it generates energy and abundance. So here we totally. are. Well, and one thing you hit on that I think you're the first to do it is, as you said, I want to work on all of these. The reality of it is, is they're all connected. And Absolutely. when you are focused on one and folk, you know, obviously there's an ebb and flow with the seasons of life, but there's the reality of all of these areas are important and they are connected. And so I find in my own life, the more that I focus on improving in a couple of them, the others, it just ends up spilling over. So, mm -hmm. you know, that, that I, I'm right there with you. I love that answer. Well, next one here, you've already given us a few of these, but wonder if you have another one. What's a quote from a book or mentor that stuck with you along your journey? I have a couple. I have a couple. I'm, I'm looking at yeah. my list here. What would be a good one? Um, oh, here's, here's, I love this one. And this is like, Keith Harrell again in attitude is everything. And he writes only the limit of our own mindset can determine the boundaries of our future. Mm -hmm. And that's so good because it's, it goes back to like the, the nugget of his, uh, you know, he, this is a man that came up, uh, overcame a lot of adversity and waking up and having, and you know, when people ask me, you know, like, Hey, Conrad, how are you doing? I so often I'll answer living the dream. And this was kind of, you know, how we started our call today. You know, how are you doing Conrad? I'm like living the dream. I really am. This is not yeah. like, because this is my attitude of approaching every day is, you know, either through entrepreneurism or through business ownership or however way you want to get there is to create that paradise around you and live it. And yeah. mm -hmm. that's, and it starts very, very early on with your attitude. Yeah. I love the quote. I love the, I love the mindset with it and it's, it just keeps getting better. I agree with you, man. Well, in, in that, as it keeps getting better, what's a dream or goal that you have that you've not been able to make happen yet? Oh, great. Great question. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to just send you my dream board. And there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many. There's so much out there that I'd I'd love to do. And um picking one, wow, that's really, really tough. Really, really tough. I mean, it's been it's been a hot minute since I uh, been sailing and I really miss it. Back in Houston, I had a sailboat and I really loved it. Go every, you know, three, four times a week out of, and I think it's, it's about time now that I do the same here in Southwest Florida. So that's oh, my, sure. um, getting a nice catamaran where I can just take, you know, three or four friends of mine and, and sail. And I, I love sailing. So that would be, that's, that's on the, that sounds incredible. Next. Oh my God. Sign, sign Nick and I up for yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, you, you are absolutely invited. Please oh, bring man. your mics. I, we uh, can have our podcast I, on the, on the boat. Uh, I'm, I'm dreaming of Naples and sailing and, uh, Perfect. yeah, yeah. You've, you've got things that I'm adding to my, uh, my dream board. Dream board. Now. That's on our dream I board. I see. Yeah, dream you've journal. been taking yeah. detailed oh, notes. Oh yeah. I got, I got all the notes. <laughs> this is awesome. 
No, that's so good. I love it. Well, hey, last one here. And again, we've talked about your why, but maybe to put a a big bow on it at the end of your life, what do you hope you'll be remembered for? Ooh, I don't think I've ever had that question asked. What do I hope to be remembered for? I would hope that I'm remembered for like the good feeling that I have Mm -hmm. around people. Like people remember how I make them feel. Mm -hmm. And I think having that like warmth and um, that compassion and that love, that's what I'd want to be remembered for. Mm-hmm. I like that uh, answer a lot. There's a, uh, one of my favorite uh, musical artists is a guy named Drew Holcomb. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's uh, got a song about uh, getting old and uh, losing a lot of memories, but how uh, you'll never forget the way that... Uh, I think he's actually speaking about his wife, but <laughs> that he'll never mm-hmm. forget the way that she makes him feel. But that that concept, uh, right, of that you just um, uh, people will always carry. They might forget anything that you said, uh, any of the advice that you gave them, but they'll never forget the way that they felt when they were around you. I love the answer, Conrad, and I love your feedback there, Nick. That is super awesome. And again, how how you you know, consistently, as you've said through this episode, it's, it's been about people. It's been about relationships. It's been about making a difference, leaving a legacy. And ultimately, how do you make people feel and, you know, leaving the world a better place. So I think that's a great spot to end here. Conrad, it's been awesome having you on the show. We're super grateful for you. In the event that our listeners want to reach out, maybe, pick your brain a little bit more or just to get to know you, where should we direct them? Absolutely. You, any listeners welcome to send me an email or, um, which you can get on my website, kpriestadvisory.com. And I am very happy to answer any questions. If it's about building your business, it's a, if it's about, um, kind of the mindset that I've talked about here on the podcast and, Um, yes they're very very welcome to do that great well we'll be sure to post notes and uh, the link there for our listeners so uh, and listeners to that thank you as always for jumping on with us if you have any feedback or questions for us or conrad be sure to reach out give a like share the episode if you found it helpful and as always we're grateful for you all to join us on this journey looking forward to the next one we'll see you next time